It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I'd invite you to podcast uh, this episode wherever you podcast. You can search for the KSL Mom Show and you can listen to this whole episode today. Um, you know, it's been a rough week. It has been a rough week in our country. We had the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas this week where 19 children and two teachers lost their lives. I don't know a human on this planet who is not in immense grief this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know a mom out there who didn't have some sort of anxiety dropping her kid off at school this week. Uh, I should say all parents. I feel like parents, dads are doing that too. But um, I know for me it was, uh, you know, you just come home to your babies and think about all those parents who don't have that luxury anymore and it's heartbreaking and obviously there are lots of debates right now about what the answers are we're not going to get into those today because that's not really our job here on the mom show but we do want to talk about um, dealing with trauma and how you cope how you help your kids through an event like this and then on top of that we're going to talk about maternal mental health uh, specifically uh, in the postpartum period, uh, we know that stress in the postpartum period can exacerbate symptoms of postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD. So I can only imagine moms who may be experiencing postpartum this week who already feel anxious about just caring for humans. And then you add a traumatic life event on top of that. And I can only imagine it's adding a lot of stress out there. So we're going to get to all of that today. But joining me, Ashley Henderson, she is with uh, Reach Counseling, which is a therapy center in um, South Jordan. Ashley, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And also with us, Kelly Quillen. She is with the Moms Club of Sandy. They have an event going on we're going to talk about in a little bit. Kelly, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me as well. Good. Ashley, let me start with you. We can get to some of the clinical ways in which we cope after a traumatic experience like this, but just talk to me about how it's been for you this week after this event. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really heavy week. Um, I notice it a lot in my office with people who are coming in and sharing those thoughts and those feelings and those stressors that I think we are all feeling. And it has felt very weighted. And just like you're describing, I think everybody has some kind of emotional state around what they're experiencing. It's interesting because I feel like the start of the pandemic began what I kind of t term as a shared trauma. Yeah. And in that shared trauma space, we're all going through something that's really difficult and unsafe and unsettling. And there's not a lot of answers and there's not a lot of direction. And so a couple of years ago, we started into something different than we've ever experienced, at least our living population right now, yeah. collectively as a yeah. whole. So I think what's happening is, and and truthfully, and I'm just going to talk to this really quickly because truthfully, what's happened is our mental health rates skyrocketed over the last couple of years. We're up, you know, five, six, seven times anxiety, depression rates are significantly higher than they were just a couple of years ago. So if we look at that 
as we head into the trauma of this week and the events that have unfolded, we have to be really sensitive to the fact that we are already in a traumatic place mm-hmm. as we headed into something that we are adding extra trauma and extra emotion to. So, and this is for us as parents and moms and dads and children. And yeah. so there's something significant about understanding that progression of where we already were and now where we are at now as of this week. And I think that's why these things even feel that much more emotional and mm-hmm. that that weight feels that much more burdensome because we were already vulnerable to begin with. Yeah. And that's a really good point. I did some reporting this week on how to broach these conversations with your kids after a mass shooting at a school. And one of the experts I talked to talked about how, um, you know, since the pandemic, schools have kind of become uncertain, right? Because some Mm -hmm. schools were in, some weren't, some required masks, some didn't. And we were lucky here in Utah, we kind of had some consistency around that. But across the country, schools were shut down for a long time. And so where once schools were a place of consistency and safety, and we know kids kind of thrive in that consistency, they're now uncertain. And then you add a school shooting on top of that, and they become even more uncertain. Correct. So I think that's a really good point you bring up. Um, Kelly, let me bring you in. How has this week been for you as you cope and as you talk to your kids and all of it? It, Yeah, it's been a really rough week. Um, I I mean, like you said, I don't think there's a parent around who hasn't heard that news and thought, oh, what if that was my child's school? What if that that was them? Um, Especially if you're someone that already struggles with anxiety like I do, that's just one more thing that you're going to have to deal with. Um, You know, and then thinking about how to talk to your children about this, how do you how do you broach this in an age appropriate way? I mean, I've actually decided not to bring this up mm. with my child and hope that hope that she just doesn't hear anything about it because I wasn't quite sure how to do that. And then, so then on top of that, you get these thoughts of, oh, well, am I handling this right then? Yeah, because it's it is hard to know. I think how to handle this. How old is right your daughter? Way. My daughter's eight. Eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have a seven year old, so I'm in okay. that same boat. And I did the same thing. I I asked I asked her like, have you heard anything about scary things happening recently? And she was like. No. And I was like, cool. Good. <laughs> Have a good day at school. <laughs> um, yeah. But I did kind of sit her down and say, hey, a scary thing happened at school. I want you to know you're safe. But just, um, you know, if anyone strange ever comes into your school, I want to, I want you to make sure you, you hide. I said, I don't want you to run in the hallway and hide. I want you to hide right where you are and like. One, I'm resentful that I have to even have that conversation mm-hmm. with my seven-year-old. But two, I, I hope I did that in the right way where I didn't share that 19 children her age were killed at school. Like, that mm-hmm. is a detail I could leave out for my seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, but just broached, you know, kind of the safety subject without sort of scaring her, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the hard thing is you don't know if someone is going to tell them yeah, what yeah, happened. Yeah. So, and I work in the news. Sometimes the radio's mm-hmm. just on. I've been very cautious this week not to have it on while the kids are around. But, yeah, they hear something and... They're going to have questions and not know. Mm -hmm. And if I can pop in really quickly, I mean, every parent is entitled to handle the situation in whatever way feels comfortable for them. They know their child. They know themselves. They know the way that they want to talk to them or work with them through this. The recommendations and the suggestions are that you do talk to your children and at a level that's appropriate to them. So maybe it's a really simple conversation 
Um, maybe it's a more emotional conversation that there are sad things that happen in this world and give them space to feel and give them space to talk and listen to them and be really careful as a parent that you're not projecting your own anxiety onto them because you know that you are feeling it too. Have your own safe people to talk to and share those things with and use your emotional, you know, find your own emotional well-being. But try to share those things because they are going to hear about it, whether it be through, you know, whatever, social media, friends, mm-hmm. family. You, they're going to overhear you talking about it. They might hear something anywhere. I know in my children's school today, the school's almost over, but they're doing a lockdown drill today. Yeah. And it prompted another discussion around, do you know why we do those drills? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were able to just share at their level what they know about it and what that means to them. And I could say, yeah, that's that's what that's for. Yeah. And we want to make sure that you feel safe in your space. That's such an important point. Um, and if you're like me, you ha- already have anxiety that they have to do this. And then you are anxious that you didn't do it right. So you're yes. anxious on top of anxious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I feel you if, yes. if you're like me out there. Um, Ashley Henderson is a, th- a therapist and a counselor with Reach Counseling in South Jordan. And Kelly Quinton is with the Moms Club of Sandy. You guys have an event coming up that's going to raise uh, money and awareness for moms with postpartum. Can you give me the 30 second version before we go to break here? Yes. So on June 4th, we're having actually two superhero and princess tea parties at Auntie Ray's and Holiday. Uh, So we'll do the full tea service, crafts, games, uh, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Elsa, Mirabelle, and Rapunzel will be our special guests. So fun. So fun. Okay. So June 4th and people can just show up? No, they do need tickets in advance. Uh, The best way to do that is just go to Eventbrite and search for Mom's Club of Sandy and both of those different times will show up. Perfect. Okay, this will be so fun. All right, we'll take a break. More with these two when we come back on The Mom Show. You joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. What a week it has been in our country. I think collectively we are tired Overwhelmed. Okay, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> Tired and overwhelmed and grieving and heartbroken. And it took me a few days this week to really process what had happened. You know, I work here in the news. Um, and in fact, it was myself and Boyd Matheson who was breaking this news as it was happening before we really knew the gravity of the situation. And I think it took me like two full days to really process what had just happened. I kind of have to go into work mode where I'm trying to give people information. I'm not always able to kind of sit back and and think and process when I'm just trying to give information. So there was a night two nights ago where I on purpose turned on CNN and just bawled. And I just Mm -hmm. cried and let it all come out. And I knew it had to happen. And after that ball session, my husband came in and was like, what is wrong with you? Uh, I felt a lot better. And I share that example because I think it speaks to allowing yourself to feel that emotion. If you stuff it all inside, ignore it. I mean, there, there's there's a difference between ignoring it and censoring yourself, right? A difference between... Um, you know, protecting your your mental health, your well-being from seeing more stories and then not allowing yourself to feel. And 
I just sort of knew I had to let it all come out because it was like bottling up inside of me. So I just let myself feel how heartbroken I would be if that happened to me, what happened in Uvalde, um, you know, as a parent, how scared I was. And I just sort of let that all come out. So um, joining me now, Ashley Henderson, she is with Reach Counseling and then Ash, uh, excuse me, Kelly Quin- Quinlan. Hang on. Quinlan. Fix this. And also Kelly Quillen with the Moms Club of Sandy. Ashley, we've been talking about sort of this collective trauma that we're all sort of going through. But let's turn it a little bit towards moms as well. You know, I talk a lot about maternal mental health on this show. And I can't even imagine what moms who are vulnerable already to the stresses of having a new baby in the postpartum period might be experiencing. And then you add this scary, scary thing that happened to children this week. And I imagine it's just so hard. Yeah, I love what you just shared. And you gave yourself time to feel and to grieve and to feel the sadness and to feel the mourning and the trauma that you needed to experience. I think so often we get caught in paying attention to what our children needs are, Mm. their needs through this time. And we really need to refocus ourselves, you know, to our own energy and to see what's happening within ourselves. And Give yourself a chance to feel just like I don't you always did. do that, by the yeah. way. Like I knew <laughs> well, it had to happen, but I'm the queen of ignoring emotions, let's be yes. honest. And how, how easy is it to ignore your emotion when you feel the need to be so focused on your children? Yeah. And that's where some of these things can kind of creep in for people is they're not paying attention to their own needs or their own selves. The analogy is always on the airplane to put your oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on anybody else. Mm-hmm. And there's that's very true in the mental health world. Notice what you're experiencing. Find support. Talk about it. Cry about it. Go for a walk and think about it. All of the coping skills that you can think about to really just give yourself time to heal. And while you're working with your children on helping them move through something really tricky too. Yeah. What's your advice for moms who are in that very vulnerable postpartum period? We know that period can last up to two years postpartum clinically, right? Yeah. There's actually some studies that are suggesting it may even last up to four years. Typically the perinatal period is from pregnancy to the first year of a child's life. However, you know, there are some studies that suggest it goes longer than that. So it's a very vulnerable time and you're right. There are going to be increased emotions. So notice it. Right. I think that's my best advice is know that you're not alone and see it and allow yourself to get help or to talk about it or to address what you're experiencing and to not ignore it. Yeah. So important. Um, Kelly, let me bring you in here um, as we wrap up this segment. Talk to me about the event you guys have coming up, because this may be a chance for moms to come share their collective experience, to get with other moms, hang out with other moms who have babies their age, who are experiencing postpartum issues themselves and also raising money for a good cause. Yes. And that's exactly what we hope to have come through this. I had a horrible case of postpartum OCD myself. Um Many other members of Moms Club of Sandy have experienced the same thing. So we really wanted to just find a way to give back to other moms who are going through it as well. And I know there's lots of others that want to do that, too. Yeah. Okay. so Moms Club of Sandy is helping raise some money for Reach Counseling. Tell me how this is all working. So, yeah, what we're doing is we're having the two superheroine princess tea parties. Um, All of the proceeds that we raise are going to help women who have severe postpartum depression and anxiety get treatment at Reach Counseling. So these are women that need treatment, they want treatment, they just can't afford it all on their own. So we're trying to help as many as we can. Yes, and I love this cause. Uh, Ashley Henderson with Reach Counseling in South Jordan, Kelly Quillen with the Moms Club of Sandy. Uh, We'll take a break. More with these two when we come back on The Mom Show. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. 
and then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I'd invite you to podcast this episode wherever you podcast. Just search for the KSL Mom Show. We've been talking the past two segments kind of about the collective trauma that we've all sort of experienced this week with the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Um, as moms, as parents, as humans, this week was so traumatic for all of us. And so um, I have a a mental health professional here who was able to share some tips about how we kind of cope as moms and subsequently be able to help our children through that. So Ashley Henderson is with us. She's with Reach Counseling uh, um, in South Jordan. And then Kelly Quillen is here. She's with the Moms Club of Sandy. And then the reason these two women are here is because they're putting on a big event that uh, is going to raise money for moms with postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. And I want to be clear that I didn't just call them postpartum depression. Because so often, that is the biggest uh, term we hear is postpartum depression and not to minimize those who have depression in the postpartum period. But I think it's very little known that you can also experience postpartum anxiety and postpartum OCD and postpartum PTSD and postpartum psychosis, which is really rare, but really terrifying. And so, um, Ashley, let me start with you. Can you break down some of the distinctions between these things? And and some of the symptoms overlap. That's what I found. Mm-hmm. You know, I experienced anxiety and OCD, but I was also depressed because I was anxious and yes. obsessive. And so you can kind of have some of those symptoms overlap. But explain to us kind of the differences in some of these. Great. Yeah. So just take it into that. Nationally, one in seven women and and one in 10 dads suffer from a perinatal mood disorder. And we're kind of coining it as a perinatal mood disorder now because it covers pregnancy and into the postpartum phase. So in Utah, our statistics are actually quite a bit higher where one in five women are suffering from a perinatal mood disorder. That's significant. That's high. Yeah. yeah. And so there, it's very likely that you or someone you know is is managing one of these or struggling with one of these. So to break it apart, there are different uh, mood disorders. And let me just share what they are, and I'll differentiate a few of them so that you can get a sense of if this is something you might be feeling or experiencing. So the first one is a postpartum depression or a perinatal depression. This is something that is the most common one. It's actually the most complicated um, – oh, sorry, the most common complication of childbearing so it's something that a lot of women experience, yet for some reason we don't always talk about it. Yeah, and if I could just add a little commentary here, the most common complication of pregnancy, but we don't treat it like that, do we? Correct. <laughs> we Thank test you. for, uh, you know, all the, the diabetes things. and all the things, yeah. but we don't test for the most common complication yes. of, of uh, pregnancy. So yes. forgive my commentary there, but Thank go you for ahead. That. No, it's, I feel the same way. So that includes feelings of anger, irritability. You might have a lack of interest in your baby or wanting to kind of bond with them. You might notice some appetite changes, crying, sadness, feeling guilt, shame, hopelessness. Really, that loss of interest is a big factor in the depression part of this. The The next one is a perinatal anxiety, and that affects about 6% of pregnant women and 10% um, of these postpartum women do develop anxiety. So in the postpartum phase. And that's constant worry, feeling that something bad is going to happen. Those are racing thoughts, difficulty sleeping, disturbance of your of your appetite, and you might have some panic attacks or physical symptoms. The next one is a perinatal OCD, and this affects 3 to 5% of new mothers. 
And this one is something I'm just going to spend a, a minute on because Kelly wants me to. And, <laughs> well, and I, I am have, a little biased. Yes. And you have two people here who yeah. have postpartum OCD. It, I, I believe personally the statistic is higher because I have so many women in my office who struggle with this. It's scary to say that you're going through this one. Yes. Yeah. So what differentiates the OCD part of this than from the anxiety part of this is that women in the OCD realm generally have what we call intrusive thoughts. And these are very vivid and sometimes violent images that are really disturbing. Yes. And they are hard to have in your brain and they're even harder to say out loud because yes. some of these images might be, I think about drowning my baby in the bathtub or I think about when I walk down the stairs, I'm going to throw my baby down the stairs. Yep. Or I think about that kitchen knife and grabbing that and hurting my child with that. And it usually starts with a what if, like, what if I just mm -hmm. do this? What if I just do that? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's terrifying. It is terrifying. And again, a lot of people are uncomfortable to talk about these images because they're hard to hear and they are scary to, to have in your brain. And so um, that differentiates that part of just generalized anxiety with the obsessive part of it. So some, sometimes what women do in this phase or in this mood disorder is they will... Um, obsessively do things to protect their child. And usually people are over-parenting in these moments. Mm -hmm. So the mom that's afraid to drown their baby won't ever give their baby a bath, but will have other people bathe their child because they don't feel safe to do it. Mm -hmm. um, or they will, I had a mom that I worked with one time and she was nervous about dropping her baby down the stairs. So she would put the baby in the car seat and carry the baby down the stairs every time she went down the stairs, mm -hmm. right? So and it's it an over-parenting. It can get exhausting mm -hmm. to parent like that where you're doing things. And mine, I think, showed up in washing, obsessively washing um, mm -hmm. bottles and nipples and stuff like that because you were so terrified of germs. Um, so just kind of some of those uh, obsessive things that you couldn't get out of. But the intrusive thoughts, too, um, are so scary. And in fact, I remember having to have a code word with my husband where anytime I had an intrusive thought, we used a code word and I would just say elephant. And then he would ask me, are you having scary thoughts? And that was such a great mm. way because then I didn't have to like tell you I was thinking about hurting my baby. <laughs> I could have someone ask me and I could respond. You know what I mean? Yes. So it just kind of took some of that pressure off me That's to be brilliant. Able, right? I wish I wish I thought of that. Code what words. a great idea. Code words. Yeah. yeah, Kelly, let me bring you in here because this has largely been your experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, all of this that she was talking about, so familiar. All of these scary thoughts. Um, I I had no idea what an intrusive thought was yeah. when I first started having them. I really did think that I was going crazy or yep. I was a bad person, that I wasn't fit to take care of my daughter. Um, I just, I got to the point where I wouldn't even be alone with my daughter yep. for a couple of weeks because yep. they were so scary. And I didn't feel like I wanted to hurt her, but I couldn't think of any other reason why I would be having these constant thoughts of hurting her yes. if I didn't want to because no one had told me about what they were and that this was a possibility of something And you that make happen. it mean that you're capable of doing these yes. things. Yeah, it it really did to me that seemed like a sign that I could. Yeah. Because why am I why am I focusing on this? Why am I thinking about this all the time? This just isn't something that a mom should be thinking about. Yeah. And that sounds so familiar, too. I remember having to go stay with a cousin for two straight days because mm -hmm. I was scared to be alone with my baby. Yep. And you're just like, can, can can I come? Like, is it OK if I just come like sleep on your couch <laughs> with yeah. my baby? I mean, it was just. Yes. And it's hard to even ask someone that. It's hard to say, 
hey, I need help. I can't be alone with my baby. I mean, it really makes you feel like you've already failed yeah. when the baby's just so little and you haven't even really gotten into motherhood. Yeah. And I think I, I read a statistic from Karen Kleiman, who um, is a maternal mental health expert nationwide, worldwide. And um, she has a statistic that 91% of new mothers experience intrusive thoughts. Mm. That is almost all of us. Mm-hmm. And if 91% of mothers experience some sort of intrusive thought, I mean, I think some maybe yes. get to the point of obsession more so than others, but how are we not normalizing this a little bit yeah. more and, 100%. and yeah, making yes. it normal. Um, Ashley, let me bring you in because one of the things that happened to me too, as I was experiencing these intrusive thoughts was I would then, like I said, think that I was capable of these thoughts and that made me think I might have postpartum psychosis. Yes. And Thank so you for, for looping that in a lot yeah. of women are nervous about that. One thing that I actually was just going to make note of is that moms with postpartum OCD know that their thoughts are bizarre. Yeah. And they are very unlikely to act on them because they know that they are bizarre and they can see them and understand them as such. Someone who might be experiencing a psychosis. Now, keep in mind that someone who experiences a a perinatal psychosis is very unlikely. It's a 0.1 to 0.2%. So the likelihood that that's what you're experiencing is very unlikely. And those are more hallucinations, delusions, feeling really agitated, maybe not sleeping for days at a time, uh, rapid mood swings, difficulty communicating. You're in kind of an altered state in those moments. And a lot of times your loved ones will notice more if you're something in a in a phase like that because you're acting a lot more bizarre than you would otherwise. You're mm. acting differently. You're you're noticing that you're maybe dissociated or you're not grounded in your own reality. Mm. And so that's where we differentiate this, that those intrusive thoughts are not a psychosis. They are intrusive thoughts. You recognize them as such. You recognize that they're not they're not natural thoughts to have for you or as a psychosis. You're more in a dissociated place and hallucinating or having delusions. Yeah. And you can feel like you're hallucinating or going crazy, like you mentioned. Right. But I remember having to write that down on a postcard like you, you know, the difference between your rational and not rational thoughts. And that is a huge indicator that you're going to be okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you know the difference and it's just going to take some time for you to heal and, and sit with those and and process with those. But um, Ashley talk to me about how important it is that you get help for psychosis specifically. Yes. I would say any of these diagnoses that you receive would be important to get help. Psychosis specifically does need immediate attention. Usually someone who experiences a psychosis, it generally happens in the first two weeks after the baby is born. So there is a more likely time frame where that onsets. And so just being kind of aware of ourselves during those first couple weeks and months and years, um, but specifically having our our loved ones also just be a part of our own healing and getting that support. And yeah, anytime we're struggling, Get help, right? Yeah. We're here for you. So many people are here to help. And that's that's makes the difference. With help, you can be well. That's the yes. slogan. Yes, it's so true. And Kelly, um, before we get into an event, you're having to raise awareness and money for moms who are experiencing these types of postpartum issues. What, what's your biggest takeaway from your experience on how you got well? Oh, gosh. Um, All of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think for me, the... The biggest thing was changing the way I view my thoughts Mm. because I'd never really had to think about it. I just 
you know, before then, oh, a thought came in my head. Okay. And having to step back and say, oh, these are, these are just thoughts. They don't necessarily mean anything. Mm. Having to be more mindful about that, learning about just intrusive thoughts in general was a huge takeaway. Um, also, I guess just realizing how much having support really does matter. Um, you know, I had a really supportive family. I had access to therapy, which I, I honestly don't know if I would be here if I didn't have that. Um, also, that's that's when I joined Mom's Club of Sandy was when I was going through this hard time because I needed to get out of the house and I needed to be around other women who were moms as well. Yeah. So, and just someone to say, it's OK that I hate it, too, right now. Yes. Like, we just get this notion yes. of motherhood that it's supposed to be lovely and wonderful mm-hmm. and rainbows and sunshine. And it's not. It's not. And we know it's not. But we don't always talk about the fact that it's mm-hmm. not. Um, Kelly, talk to us about your event coming up that is going to raise money uh, to help reach counseling, give counseling to women who are experiencing postpartum issues. Yeah, we are so excited about this. Um, so on June 4th, we are doing two superhero and princess tea parties at Auntie Ray's and Holiday. So one in the morning at 10 and one in the afternoon at 1. We'll do the full tea service. We'll have crafts, games, and then our special guests of honor will be Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Elsa, Mirabelle, and Rapunzel. Oh, the kids will love it. Uh, Tickets are, well, they're 40 for adults, 28 for kids. But actually, I think what we're going to do is put it down to 30 and 18 this week so Mm. we can try to sell out. So... Yeah, it yeah. be really fun. You got a little discount. Okay, yeah. June 4th. And where can people find tickets? Go to Eventbrite and search for Moms Club of Sandy. Um, or if you want, you can find us on Facebook as well. Ashley Henderson with Reach Counseling in South Jordan and then Kelly Quillen with Moms Club of Sandy. We'll take a break more with these two when we come back. Back inside the Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. This week has been hard for all of us, especially as moms, as uh, people with children, children in school. We know how hard this week has been for you. So we hear you and we see you and we're experiencing it with you. And I think that's an important point as we dive into uh, some more resources uh, for moms with maternal mental health issues, um, because this sort of collective trauma that we've all experienced this week can really add to these feelings of anxiousness and stress and overwhelm and It can make you not able to cope as well with parenting. Parenting is hard on a normal day. And then you add in this sort of trauma. And when you're worried and scared, you don't parent at your best. At least I don't. (laughs) I get snippy and angry and short Mm -hmm. and irritable. So um, joining me, Ashley Henderson, she is a counselor with Reach Counseling in South Jordan. And then Kelly Quillen with the Moms Club of Sandy. We've been talking about maternal mental health issues and I'd invite you to podcast this episode by searching for the KSL Mom Show wherever you podcast. We ran through the uh, types of postpartum issues besides postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, psychosis, um, some of these lesser known perhaps uh, postpartum mood disorders. But Ashley, I kind of want to steer us towards just what do you do? What do you do if you're in this situation? How do you find help? Awesome. So there are a lot of great resources available to moms and dads in this situation. So one of the national resources we have is the postpartum support. It's actually an international resource. And you can go to their website. I believe it's um, postpartum.net, something like that. 
Yeah, oh, that sounds right. That's <laughs> yeah. okay. And um, that's a great way to like get information and to connect with a local postpartum um, support international volunteer. I'm one of the state coordinators where I can help you link up with professionals who might be a good resource for you to use. And it is postpartum.net. Thank you. Okay. Yes. And the other one that we have locally that you can access, which is great, it's the maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov resource. And that has a trained list of providers who specialize in dealing with perinatal mood disorders. And that's a local resource where you can plug in your information, your location, your insurance, all of the things, and it will direct you with clinicians in your area that you can connect to. Yeah, this is an insane resource that we have here. It's amazing. And it's new. Yeah, it is new. So it's really great to take advantage of it. And in fact, a year or so ago, two years maybe, I don't remember time anymore, but (laughs) when it first came online, I had the state health department on to talk about the the rollout of this. So it's maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov. It's run through the state health department, but uh, managed by postpartum support international and like you said it links up to a trained professional that's one of the biggest um, things I hear from moms who are suffering they're like how do you find a therapist who knows about this Mm -hmm. stuff like how do you find uh, a support group even if you can't afford therapy maybe you can just find the mom's club of sandy to go to and so this this website can link you up to all of that yes it's a great resource to use so just a few other things if you're struggling just individually on your own here's a little tool that you can use that Postpartum Support International, the Utah chapter, has created. It's called the Sunshine Goal or the Sunshine Acronym. And it's sleep, understand, and that means understand what's happening to you and your mind. Talk to somebody. The N stands for nutrition. Make sure you're eating correctly or that you are eating even. Yeah. Um, the S stands for support. H is humor. Do things that make you laugh or that cause you to smile. That's an important one. I is information, have the right information, get a correct diagnosis, speak to a professional to get some help around that. The N is to nurture, that's self-care. Again, notice yourself, notice your own feelings. Don't just focus on everybody else around you, but really nurture yourself. And the E is exercise, and that's getting that release of endorphins to just help you feel naturally. Such good advice. And I I love that there's not like one end all be all solution. Like do all those things, do Mm -hmm. all the things and layer them on top of layer them. Because (laughs) I hate when we just hear diet and exercise, eat better and go out and run. And you're like, I can't even get out of bed. Don't tell me to go work Mm -hmm. out. Like I I can't do that. Or what if you're already doing those things and you still have anxiety? Yeah, you still don't feel better. Um, Kelly, let me bring you in here because one of the other ways you can really help yourself is finding a support group. And the Moms Club of Sandy is that for a lot of moms. Yes. Um, I cannot tell you how much this group has helped me when I was really just struggling. And, and that's really what we are. We're a support group for for moms. I mean, we do lots of different activities, whatever our members are interested in, and our kids are there, and we want our kids to have a good time. But we're there for each other, mm-hmm. to support each other, because I do not think anyone does well with isolation especially isolation with young kids because you've you've constantly got them looking up to you and looking at you but you need someone on your level yeah. to talk to also yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. And cue PTSD from COVID, right? Where we were all stuck in the house. And oh my gosh. <laughs> I have so to say hard. I was so worried about other moms during that time. Yeah. And I did have, I had a six month old actually when the lockdown started, but yeah. I at least had the benefit of, I'd already been to therapy. I knew what postpartum anxiety was. I I had a therapist already set up. I cannot imagine what it would have been like to go through that 
when you were told to stay home. Yeah. And told to kind of be by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. Um, Kelly, you also have a fundraiser coming up where you're raising money for reach counseling and you're going to help moms who need therapy for postpartum issues get all of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, So what we're going to do is have two superhero and princess tea parties on June 4th at Auntie Ray's and Holiday, one from 10 to noon, one from one to three. So we'll have the full tea service, crafts, games, um, a lot of superhero and princess special guests like Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Mirabelle. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. And we don't I'm, talk about Bruno, though. No, we, no. Won't, ta- we uh-uh. won't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I'm hoping, I mean, not that you have to be a mom with postpartum depression or anxiety to come, but I'm really hoping that a lot of women who have experienced that will come and want to support other moms and just meet each other also as well because yes. it makes it feel more normal. Yes. So tell people where they can get tickets. And then this is happening next Saturday, right? Yes. Yeah. June 4th. Yeah. So for tickets, go to Eventbrite and search for Moms Club of Sandy and those should pop up or you can find Moms Club of Sandy on Facebook. Kelly Quillen with Moms Club of Sandy and Ashley Henderson from Reach Counseling. Ashley, where can people find your counseling if they need services? Yeah. ReachCounselingUtah.com. And our phone number is 801-446-3515. Anyone is able to reach out for services at any time. And we have specialty trained clinicians to help during the perinatal period. So important. You guys, thank you so much. And I wish you the best of luck with the fundraiser. Hopefully we raise a lot of money for moms who need this this care and this help right now. Yes, well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you guys. We'll be back next week on The Mom Show.